Hey everyone, welcome to the fourth episode of your double dose of Dabria. I'm your host and I'm so excited to get into today's topic. It has been a crazy week and that is actually part of the reason why I took a break from recording my regular weekly drops of episodes and yeah, just a lot has been happening in my life. I moved again uh, the fourth time in six months. What a wild ride. I also had the opportunity to sign some legal papers in regards to my marriage that I've been waiting a long time for. So yeah, it has been a crazy couple of weeks, but I am so excited to get into today's podcast topic. And it's actually kind of because of my experiences this past week, week and a half, that this topic has really become something I've passionately wanted to talk about. It's something that we hear about a lot. This word gets thrown around very often in the Christian vernacular. And I feel like there are a lot of stereotypes and expectations and ideas and even misunderstandings about this topic. So are you guys ready for it? Today, we're going to be talking about community. And for the sake of today's podcast episode, I am going to be talking about community in the vernacular of a Christian community. So our community as fellow believers, uh, not necessarily the church per se, because the community of believers is not limited to a building. We are each and every one of us the church. But I do want to talk about it uh, in regards to Christianity, because of course, we're all part of communities. We're part of school communities and work communities. And even your local neighborhood is a community. Your town is a community. Um, But today we are going to be talking about Christian communities. And so I went on to Google to find what their definition of community was, just to start. And I really liked their second definition, which says, a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. So I'm going to start today's episode off with a little bit of story time. So story time with dabs today. When we usually hear the word community in our Christian circles, I think we all have a preconceived idea or notion of what that looks like, what it involves. And growing up, I have always been a part of a church body, as in a group of fellowship and believers who are gathering to search the word, to listen to a pastor, to serve one another, to praise. And like I mentioned earlier, each one of us is a believer and is the church, no matter where we are, it doesn't have to be confined to a church building. But a lot of us do choose to gather at a church building. It's just a great place to get us all under the same roof. And growing up, I was only a part of a few churches because my family and I are very loyal churchgoers. We find that church that God has called us to, we plant ourselves, we get involved, and we attend regularly. And my family was a part of a church for 14 years. So for most of my childhood, I was a part of a specific church that gathered together. And it was just a regular aspect of my life. It it actually became foundational in my life. It was where I attended Sunday school. It was the youth group that I served in. Uh, It had a youth band that I was a singer in. I served in the different areas of ministry. I was a regular attendee of the church services, the youth groups, the events, the church, and the people therein were my community. 
And 14 years is a very long time to be a part of something. And so this church was what my family and I were deeply ingrained in. And I really loved it. I mean, for most of the years, like I enjoyed participating. I enjoyed serving God and serving the community there. I remember I had my first like deep, deep um, experience with God at that church where I had this this prayer where I asked God to become real to me so that I wouldn't piggyback off my parents' faith. It was during a prayer and fasting week at that church, actually. And so this church was something that was integral to me and my siblings and my parents. And it was just our community. And it was the people that we we met with and fellowshiped with and served with and went out into the community with. Now, I will never forget uh, when I was 16 years old, the pastor and um, my dad had a meeting. Now, this was after an insane summer. My family and I had had to quickly move out of a place we were renting because they had decided to sell the house. And so we suddenly had to scramble to find somewhere to live. And we were in the process of buying a farm, but it wasn't yet completely renovated. And so it was just craziness. I remember that summer. And I remember after this experience of this summer, my family and I uh, reached out to church leadership because we needed to take a little bit of a step back because we were serving in so many areas that my parents, as we were scrambling to find out where we were going to live, they felt like we just couldn't maintain that level of commitment. So they reached out to the pastors and they just said, like, we are so sorry. Uh, we just would like to take a step back for now. And hopefully when things settle down a little bit, we can come back because they were on the, like basically the ministry team. All of us kids were a part of the different children's ministries and it was just too much going on. And so, yeah, they let us step back and we were trying to find a semblance of normalcy as we scrambled to get into the not finished renovated place that we had bought And it was just craziness. Uh, In fact, kind of the craziness kind of resembles my own experiences this past summer. And so it was just a lot. So my parents uh, had a phone call with the pastors and then eventually my dad and the pastor met. And I will never forget, this was one week before Christmas, um, less than a week before I turned 17 years old. And I remember my dad came to pick me up. I was babysitting. And he picked me up and he said, Dabria, the pastors told us that we are no longer welcome at the church. And I remember that in that moment, um, my heart broke because this was my community. This was my church and I didn't understand. Now, there were other details and actually, unfortunately, A lot of the things in that church had become very controlling and um, the pastors felt whenever they began to feel like they didn't have control over people's actions or decisions anymore, um, they would tighten the noose, so to speak. And I remember there were certain things they asked my parents to do and my parents prayed about it and they came back to the pastors and they said, at this time, like, we don't feel called to do that. And yeah, that meeting, the pastor told my dad, like, you guys are not welcome to come back to our church anymore. This was another experience that shattered me. In fact, it actually shattered my whole family for a time. There is nothing like grieving something that isn't the loss of life. I mean, we suddenly lost instead 
our community, our people, the the place that had become foundational to our existence. These were our friends. They were our prayer partners. They were the ministry that we were a part of. And suddenly we were essentially blackballed from it. And I remember in the months following just grieving that, grieving that loss of uh, trust in people. And I remember uh, when we immediately began attending a different church because the Lord put it on my parents' heart to start attending a different church because my mom told me afterwards, she was like, I knew that if I did not get back into a church that we would end up never going back to church because of the hurt that we experienced. So we started attending this other church and it is my hometown church now. So I don't live in that city anymore, but whenever I go back, it is the church that I go to. And so it's where my family still attends. And so this church has been amazing. This church was a huge blessing and it was a healing balm to our hurting hearts. But I remember being very aware in the months to come, that if I did not work on what had happened, and if I did not process it, if I did not give it to God, if I did not be very intentional about healing, that I would maintain, and not just maintain, but develop even further distrust towards people in authority in churches, um, towards trusting another community of believers, and it was difficult heart work. Because of the new church that we began attending, I got recommended to serve at a Bible camp. That Bible camp was also deeply impactful in my life. And I remember while I was at that Bible camp, I was in a staff meeting and we always had prayer and praise time during our staff meetings. And I remember just being on my knees before God. And this was, I would say, about five months after everything that had occurred, five or six months Um, And I just remember being on my knees before God and crying out to God saying, God, I can't live my life with this hurt from this church community. And I can't live not able to trust people again. And I have to tell you guys, the faithfulness of God to redeem and restore that hurt has been overwhelming. Not just that summer, but in the months and in the years to come, God has given me such beautiful experiences with the church again. Now, that is not to say that the church is perfect. By no means. Come on, guys. There is no such thing as a perfect community, as a perfect group of people. It does not exist. So we just have to get that out of our head. You will never wholly agree with a church. You will never completely agree with all of the people that you surround yourselves with unless you are in a very unhealthy echo chamber. But there is something to be said for a community of people who are loving, gracious, and desire to serve God and to see the best for you. So that was my experience on one hand with a church. And on the other hand, I... I'm going to share with you guys a little bit what happened this last summer when some experiences and circumstances went down with my now ex-husband and I. I remember the first thing I did was call up the pastor's wife and I remember just like telling her the entire situation and saying like, I don't know what to do. I need prayer. I need wisdom. And the first thing that my church did was offer that to me offer that support, offer that prayer, 
offer that community uh, surrounding us to do the best that they could. And so I'll be forever grateful that I have had multiple experiences since that, that church experience when I was 16. Since that, I have had multiple experiences and redemptions of Christian and Christ-like communities. In the months that followed uh, my experience with my marriage coming to an end, I know that I could not have made it through in the same way if I did not have a church community that was praying for me, reaching out to me, supporting me, and just reminding me that we are called to bear one another's burdens. And guys, this is a huge step of growth, even in my own life, going from a place where I had some serious trust issues in being open with other people because of my experiences with that old church and coming to a place where I actually got prophesied over in, I think it was October, give or take of 2021, a few months after everything went down with the ending of my marriage. And in that, they they specifically prophesied over me that I was someone who was capable of taking things on myself, but that God wanted this to be a season where I was open with a group of, of believing women to love and to support and to uphold me during that time. And so I want to kind of take a step further, and I want to talk a little bit about community in the sense that it doesn't necessarily look like church people per se. Okay, when I say community, it doesn't just mean the people that you shake hands with on Sunday mornings, okay? Community is friends, it is fellow believers, it is people you serve with, it is people that you come to church with, it is people that you work with. And actually, I've been very blessed to be working in a Christian environment as well, where a lot of the people that I am friends with and are a part of my working community also overlaps into my church community. And so once again, church is any believer. We are the church. Just like it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. So I just don't want us to get stuck on the idea that church is just the building, because it's not. Church is the individual members that all comprise the body of our Lord. And so I want to talk about the fact that there are four things that are vital to a healthy community. And so I'm going to be getting into that in a little bit. But I just want to use this time to thank the people who have offered help and support to me during my own season of struggling. I want to thank the friends who showed up in the fire And I also want to thank the friends that continued to support me through the cooling embers and the ashes of the aftermath. Because I think there is a tendency to overflow with love and support for someone who has recently gone through something. But sometimes we forget about the aftercare, the healing. You don't break a bone and then put a cast on it and then it's just healed right? Um, Even though a bone got broken last week, 
it doesn't mean that this week it is completely healed back to normal. Now, in in the normal grieving process, in the normal healing process, there is a long time afterwards where there are heart issues that you still have to deal with. There is the aftermath of losing something, the transitional period. For myself, I actually go through a time where when something happens, I am very strong in the moment. I remember after the summer, I immediately had to find someplace else to live and I was working out what I was going to do with my career and I was having to go here and, and go there and deal with legal things and it was just a lot. And thank God I had the support of my friends and my family during that time, but I felt relatively strong in that time. I felt like, yeah, I have a lot of tasks, a lot of things to put my energy towards. This is good. And then time passes and you get this thing sorted and you get that thing figured out, but you still have this and suddenly things begin to transition again into a new season. And that is when I get hit, utterly hit with the ramifications of the experience I just went through. So for myself, actually, it was probably this past month where suddenly enough things have um, slowed down, transitioned, enough things have Um, come to a close where suddenly I was hit with the magnitude of what I just went through. Um, Being married, losing that marriage, um, the, the circumstances that were involved in that that were deeply hurtful, coming to terms with the fact that I didn't want to remain bitter. I wanted to grow. I wanted to move forward in a healthy way. I didn't want to be defined by a state of victimhood. I wanted to use this as a testimony, then realizing that I had to move again. So that was another transition, legal papers, all of that suddenly was so much and it hit me and I just felt so depleted and exhausted and drained. And I, I was literally on my knees before God because we had a prayer and fasting week at my church. And I was like, God, I can't live like this and I can't move forward like this. And I just, I need to be filled again. And because I had that moment, I think that's when I really just felt it on my heart to do a podcast on this discussion because community is so vital, you guys. Community is necessary, you know. And in Matthew 18, 20, we are called to gather. It says, where two or more gather in my name, there I am with them. And it just really hit me how blessed I am to have a group of believers that have become my community that I've been able to be open with, with my struggles, who have supported me when I haven't been able to stand by myself. First John 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. And there are so many verses in the Bible that exhort us to spend time with fellow believers, to gather together in his name, to not forsake the assembling of the brethren, and how much more important is it these days to come together in unity and in love to support one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 is such a good verse to take to heart. It says, we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. And guys, I'm going to be real honest. These last few months, I have felt faint-hearted. If it was not for the community that I have intentionally surrounded myself with and gathered with, 
I would not have made it through uh, in the same manner. I would feel a lot more broken. And so community is not defined by the quantity we gather together, but rather the quality. Now, that is not to say that is not important to meet together, but I have found through this past season that there have been different members of my community that have helped to fill different gaps, that have helped to carry different weights. And in return, I too have helped to carry their burdens. I love the Bible verse that says, carry one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I actually had a friend who admonished me on this a couple of years back where I was really struggling with sharing my burdens with people because I knew they had their own burdens and I didn't want to burden them with my own. And this friend said to me, Dabria, are you giving people the chance to fulfill the law of Christ because we are called to carry one another's burdens. And that just really shifted my perspective and it has stayed with me ever since. And so now I would really like to talk about the four things that are vital to a healthy community. Now, please bear in mind, this is not the end all and be all. These are just four things that I have noticed for myself are vital in order to cultivate a healthy community. And that community has looked different in different seasons. It has involved different people. Community is growing because we as people and as believers, we are called to grow. But the first thing that I believe is vital to a healthy community is honesty. Honesty is so important because how are we supposed to grow with one another if we cannot be honest about the places that we need support? So transparency and vulnerability are just so important in cultivating this healthy community. But guys, they are hard. There are a lot of areas that I could have just kept to myself, could have just told myself, Dabria, you've got this. You don't need to burden other people with this. Uh, you don't need to be honest about how deeply you are struggling. And that is a lie from the enemy. I want you to be very aware that the enemy will always try to minimize how important it is to be vulnerable with the people around you. Now, there is a healthy balance to this. I don't mean to just overshare and to just completely spill all your deepest, darkest secrets to the first community that you find. There has to be a level of trust and there has to be a healthy balance to this. But I like to think of it as you need to have those few people who are close to you that you are able to share your heart, your struggles, your dreams with. And then you have a larger community that you are still open with, you are still uh, transparent, but you don't share the deep and the dark because they have not uh, earned that place of supporting you. And this is a hard balance to find. I will admit for myself, I've taken to two ends of the extremes. I've overshared and I have completely walled up, but I have been really blessed these past few months to have people in my life that listen to me and that I know I am able to share uh, the deep parts of my heart and the struggles. And it has been such a growing experience in my life to just be open and honest about the places that I'm struggling, where I need support where I need prayer. And so honesty is not something that we can compromise on. 
we have to be able to be deeply open with our community and you and I have to find that balance and we have to discover for ourselves the beauty that comes when we are vulnerable with the people in our community. Now, the second thing that I believe is truly vital to a healthy community is commitment. Now, commitment is the part that could be seen as not fun because you know what? Commitment requires giving of yourself and serving from a place of love. And what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. It believes the best. It does not seek its own. And so commitment comes from a place of giving, knowing that you may not get something in return. Now, inevitably, in community and in a healthy community dynamic, you do. You give and take. It's not tit for tat, right? It is a, a balance of knowing how much to give of yourself, how much to uh, step back and to fill yourself up with the word of God and with truth. But commitment is something that is required and is vital in a healthy community. And it really also shows those people who are committed to growing because when things get hard and things get tough and life gets uh, burdensome, are we committed to that honesty and that vulnerability? And are we committed to giving of ourselves when we don't see an immediate self-gratification, right? Because commitment means we are not being self-serving. So that's just something for you guys to mull over as I move to the third point of what is vital to a healthy community. And that is an equal balance between encouragement and sharpening one another. Now, we are all very familiar with the verse in Proverbs that says, iron sharpens iron, so a friend should sharpen a friend. Um, I'm totally paraphrasing, but you guys know what I mean. Now, there is a healthy balance in a community between sharpening one another and being aware of the areas where we need to be open to having that um, gentle truth spoken in love and that encouragement that we need. Because I don't know about you guys, but when a friend of mine gives of their own time uh, to encourage me, uh, whether it's using my love language or whether it's to pray for me, that is the biggest blessing in my life. So there has to be a healthy balance between encouraging one another, but also sharpening one another. We can't have one without the other. We have to be able to hear words of encouragement. And we also have to be in a place where those, that, those close circle, those close people in our community are able to sharpen us and we them. And so I am running out of time on this episode, but I just want to talk about the fourth and final point of what I believe is vital to a healthy community. And that is that in uh, the Christian vernacular of community, we have to point each other back to God. This cannot be an echo chamber of negativity and of the way the world does things. We need to point it back to God. We need to make sure that the word of God and and the love of Christ is at the foundation of our community. And I'm not saying, you guys, that this is the end all and be all and you have these four things and you are set or if a community is a little bit uh, weak in one of the areas that it's not a good community. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is that we need to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. We need to surround ourselves with people who are going to encourage us, uplift us, point us back to God and help us carry the burdens. And so I am just so thankful 
that I am on this continual process of learning and of growing in this area, that I have had redemption in the areas where my trust has been broken. And so I am thankful to continue to learn and grow. And there are areas that I know that I am going to get um, sharpened in and I'm also going to get encouraged in. And these past six months of my life have been irrevocably touched and for the good because of the community that I have intentionally planted myself in. So I would encourage you guys to go before God, ask him areas that you can better serve your community, areas you can get better involved in a community, areas that he wants to sharpen or uh, trim off things in your own heart, in your thinking towards community. Because you know what, guys, it is the greatest blessing to do life with fellow believers. And I just want to leave you guys with this final verse. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 4, and it starts at verse 8. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, a good steward of God's varied grace. And so, you guys, this has been your double dose of Dabria talking about community. There is so much more that I could say, but I hope that I have left you with a few little tidbits that you guys can take, mull over, pray about, seek out in the Word, and find out for yourself the way that you want to do life within a Christian community. Trust me, you guys, it is worth the risk of putting your heart and putting yourself out there. And I still have so much to learn in this area, but I have experienced the benefits and the beauty of what a godly community looks like. So thanks so much for tuning in to your fourth episode of your Double Dose of Dabria. Be sure to subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode drops. And once again, you guys, thanks so much for supporting me and for all of the encouraging messages you guys have sent me. It has been such a blessing, and I am so thankful to see what God is going to do with this show. So until next time, you guys, bye. Thanks for listening to your double dose of Dabria. Be sure to follow us so you can be notified when the next episode drops.